What up? Welcome to the Fantasy Fam Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Chris, coming at you from Rain Man Studios here in Northern Jersey. I'm on the mic with my brother, Sven, and our cousin, Kile. First off, some quick news to announce in New York sports. Big ups to number two in the program and number one in our hearts, the captain, Derek Jeter, getting into the Hall of Fame, baby. And this, who, is, this is a football who, podcast. Who is that one guy that did not vote him? Okay, no, 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 no. If the greatest, and I mean the greatest baseball players of all time, which I think Jeter is one of the most underratedly great baseball players. Mariano Rivera. Uh, no, no, he's a closer. He pitched one inning a game. He didn't deserve it either. But he it's, destroyed it. You're just fact, a sour Mets fan. Hank Aaron, Hank. No, it's the fact that Hank Aaron didn't get 100% of the votes. Ken Griffey Jr. Different, didn't get 100% different time. It was a different time. It's not a different time. It was a different time. If they different can't voters. get 100%, Derek Jeter definitely doesn't get 100%. I mean, he got in. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. 99.7%. Give him 93 and a half to 99.5%. I don't care. I don't want to go to Cooperstown and go to the ceremony. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be pretty I'm good. Cool. Yeah. Congratulations yeah. to him. Congratulations to Larry Walker. Anyway. Who, who else? Yeah, nobody. That's it. That's it. I don't even know anyone else on the, on the uh, ballot. As, as, as long as Kurt Schilling <laughs> does not get in, I don't care anything else. Bond still didn't get in. No. Clement still didn't I don't get care in. about that. I don't care about that. I just don't want Schilling in. And any of them, I've, I don't. They all cheated. Let him in. Like, at this point, just. Piazza's in. I'm a Mets fan. I love Mike Piazza. But there was always speculation about him, too. I just, you know what I mean? Like, I Speculation just, about all of them. There's speculation about all of them. For anywhere from 1990, 1990 to 2006. I mean, it's 2010. It, for 20 years, baseball was corrupted by steroids. So, yeah, and it was fun to watch. It was. Yeah. Summer of 97. It was I, great. Getting pretty fired up for, uh, for a football podcast, you know. Well, you did this to me. I asked you not to. <laughs> <laughs> all right, mo- moving on to the Offline. second piece of big information this is football related eli manning will formally announce his retirement on friday thank you for all you've done yeah 16 seasons two super bowls congratulations to him uh way past his prime (laughs) but way past though yeah uh yeah thing to do at the right time yeah i mean it was the right thing to do yeah i guess this is the right time it probably about a year or two past but it is what it is the giants it's not his fault it was the giants fault um for letting it go out this way a little bit but but i mean class act you know, very good quarterback. Not great, but very, very good quarterback. Probably get into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's two Super Bowls. I mean, yeah. But plus, favorite. he's also played a crap ton. He's got a lot of yards. Like a Never lot of, missed a game a until they – Exactly. Until they forced him to miss a game. And that's um, that'll be the trivia question for the century. Who, yeah, I, who was the quarterback that replaced him? Geno uh, Smith. Was it Geno Smith? I was going to say Davis Webb. <laughs> ben McAdone. <laughs> yeah, what's, what's he doing right now? But that is the conversation, though. Is is he a Hall of Fame quarterback? And I think he is. The answer is yes. I yeah, think most great. people can argue both sides. Pretty, you know. He's yeah. He's uh, not a great quarterback. He's a very good quarterback with two Super Bowls. But so. he came in the clutch during those Super Bowls, and actually, I mean, so did other players. But right, yeah, in their defense. But like, I see it. You still need a decent quarterback. <laughs> he done did well when it mattered. So yep. So pour one out. So, pour one out to Eli. Yeah, Derek. Respect. Eli, thank you. So today we're here to discuss the head coach and offensive coordinator changes that have taken place so far this offseason. But before we jump in, and as excited as I was for each round of the playoffs, guys, I have to admit, though, it feels like a bit of a letdown so far. I mean, am, am I right? The playoffs? Yeah, um, the, the playoffs ga- in the, general. Just, eh. The games, they've, they've been, been exciting. 
some of them have been okay. Um, I, you know, I think some of them have been good games, but there's been a lot of stinkers. The first round was absolutely terrible. Ton of stinkers, man. Uh, the second well, round, the teams were atrocious in the first round. Like it was bad. The second round, who? Uh, Bolton, well, the Lamar, Chiefs, Chiefs, Houston was a fantastic game. Yeah. I loved every second of Tennessee beating the crap out of Baltimore. That was amazing. Agreed. It wasn't a great football game to watch. No. Green Bay. Green Bay's a boring team to watch. Terrible. I'm so happy they're not. I'm sorry, Aaron, but I'm so happy that you're San not. Fran. San Fran's kind of an exciting team to watch. Um, Nobody else from the, the NFC. Bad. The first half was exciting. The Saints completely ished the bed. Yep. And the yeah. Vikings, who they who beat them, then the next game got completely destroyed. Like, nope. I'm disappointed in the Saints, man. I'm completely disappointed. Yeah, this could have been the Saints Super Bowl. It could have been Saints Chiefs, which I think would have been. They, just, could, they should have. He should have done it, but they just. They stunk. They're like, the, they're like the East in the NBA right now. Like the Niners like solidify yeah. themselves above, above like, the rest. Above the rest. Like nobody else can even. I think the Niners are. They're the, the most complete team. I think they're the best team in football. You Top can run defense, the run the, they're ball. the best defense. You run the ball a ton. You got great coaching. You got uh, a hell of a tight end. I mean, the two best tight ends in the league though, going at it this week. I know. Like, That's what I'm actually really, like really excited. And I loved hearing the story about Raheem Mostert is the fact that I did not know that he played for what, like six teams in seven years. Holy. No, in like only a couple years, dude. Or like three years, whatever it is. Yeah, not seven years. Sorry. Six teams in like three years or whatever it was. Like unbelievable. The starter. Next year, he's not the starter. Well, they signed Tevin for a while. He's amazing. I understand that, but like. Long strides. He runs five yards in one step, it looks like. Yeah. Like he's, he's smart. He's, he's patient. Like he just, he just looks awesome. Well, he, it. he appreciates it. Exactly. San Fran has invested in the offensive line too. They're exactly. not like, they're, they're none of them are like absolute studs, but all but of them together. are as a cohesive unit are very good. They're, they're not pretty fingers. Stubborn. They're not fingers. They're they're, they're a fist. They're they're a, fi- <laughs> 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 they're a they're a good team. They really are. I think they are better all around than the Chiefs are. So the I, Chiefs I would defense is rough, bro. They cannot yeah. stop the run. I'm scared. Tyron, I'm scared. Tyron is really an animal. Team. So I don't know if if they if I were them I would have him spy the running back or something. So like it's they can't spy anybody because the, the problem is they need him because that I mean Jimmy Garoppolo to win this game let's put it this way for San Francisco to win this game he threw the ball Jimmy, nine times <laughs> Jimmy I'm telling you for San Francisco if the if, if in the end the box score has shows San Francisco winning the Super Bowl Jimmy Garoppolo is going to throw for under under 125 yards it's just. The law of nature. The I was going to say under 200. Yeah, under 125 yards. They're going to run the ball so much, so much. Uh, they're going to play good defense. I think that's how they're going to win. And the only, I think if they lose, that's when you're going to see Garoppolo throw for over 200, well, 200 yards. That's the thing. Can the, can the Niners stop Mahomes? I mean, Mahomes, like if he's, he's on a roll, he is. Yes. The answer is yes, they can. Well, uh, it's, I'm, I'm actually really excited. Both teams, excited. red and white, I'm just, it's really couldn't have asked for like two. I mean, the Chiefs' defense has gotten a lot better than what they were in the beginning of the season. They were very good towards the end of the year. Towards the end, exactly. Yes. So I just think it's going to be a hell of it's going to be a hell of a game. The Chiefs were rolling out goal line defense to try and stop Derrick Henry, and they really couldn't. No, they really didn't. Concerned, honestly. I I get that they have Tyree Kill, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Hardman. They got speed. Yes, hundred percent. Patrick Mahomes is not Peyton Manning. He can actually roll out. This just eerily reminds me of the Super Bowl of a couple of years ago when it was top offense in the Broncos against the top defense in Seattle, and Seattle completely just smashed him in the mouth, and the game was over. When the first play of the it game was safety. Like that. That's all I'm saying. It better not be like I that. I mean, Andy I hope. 
needs redemption. Kyle Shanahan probably more than anyone needs redemption. I don't think there's any chance this is going to be a blowout. No, I, I think it's going to be a great game. Deep down, I don't think either. I hope not. I'm really hoping that. Kansas City, compl- Kansas City, not are how bad their defenses can stick with the most. Their offense. Anybody. They were down 24 nothing to Houston, and they ended up crushing yeah. them. Kelsey is, Kelsey is on his way to being the greatest tight end in NFL history. Ball, um, and they don't need they, to. Damian Williams, <laughs> Damian Williams really can be a difference maker in this game. I do think he can. Yes. He is a, he is a good running back, okay? No matter what his faults are, what it, no matter what his past his history is, Damian Williams has talent, and what they've shown is that they're keep, they keep – put LaShawn McCoy just completely on the bench. Maybe um, only in the playoffs. He did the same thing yeah. last year in the playoffs, Damian Williams. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's, so I have, I have faith this is going to be a close game. I'm hoping we can, talk, you know, we'll have a discussion, maybe an episode next week where we can talk actually about the Super Bowl and some prop bets and everything. But, yeah, but yeah I mean, at this I'm point, tails. it's going to be close. Tails. 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 <laughs> I'll say, I like, I like tails, please. Tails. I like tails. I'll take tails, please. <laughs> this is tails. If you can name that movie, awesome. Messages, messages. I'll keep it to myself for now. So to give the audience a chance. All right. So we're here today to talk about coaching changes. And the first team is my beloved Giants. So I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant. Not sure you guys even need to comment afterwards. It's up to you. Obviously, this is our show. So please feel free. But there will be at, comments. At, at, the same, at the same time, we can just move right on to the next team, which, which is the Cowboys. And, and you'll know why I connected. So I'm going to remain I'll remain quiet for like 10 minutes. All right. The name of the episode is NFC East Coaching Changes. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much. <laughs> How the NFC East turned to complete vomit. Okay, so like I said, my beloved Giants, they fired, as I like to call him, a talking head in Pat Shermer because he was supposedly an offensive-minded QB whisperer, which obviously was a bunch of BS. Joe Judge is the new head coach. I'm very excited about the hire. He's a football guy. He loves just being at practice, teaching, growing, learning every single day. I love it. I think if you watch the press conference, it was fantastic. It's a lot to be excited about if you're a Giants fan. And here's where we go off the rails. This is how quickly we go off the rails with, with what the Giants have done. They hired as the offensive coordinator, Jason Garrett. I absolutely despise this move. Take it. If, if there was more of – I mean, he's the most wannabe CEO-type head coach puppet the league has ever seen in the NFL. And if you could think of anybody else, please stop me now. You, and, and I know you can't. He hasn't called plays since 2012. So I'm still trying to decide what makes him a good hire. He hasn't been involved in the offense. He was replaced as an offensive play caller by an offensive line coach one year. I don't know what his credentials were, not saying anything terrible about him, but that goes back – yeah, you're laughing. Exactly. exactly. Goes, no, it's, it's funny it's, because it's yeah, – it's terrible. Exactly. It's just – So the only thing I could see is potential leverage because of his head coaching experience, maybe. But when it comes to being progressive or an innovative mind in the NFL, I, I don't see it whatsoever. Worst case, let's be honest, he can hand the ball to Saquon Barkley 25 times. Great job, Giants. And if you guys didn't see this – they just brought in another former head coach named Freddie Kitchens, who I honestly am pretty okay with this hire. I would have been okay if they just brought him in as the offensive coordinator and never even let Jason Garrett back in the building. Isn't he like the plongeur, Freddie Kitchens? Like, like isn't he like the assistant to the assistant or something like that? Um, it doesn't. I mean, are you, are you it doesn't. It, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. I mean, I will Jason say Garrett. that Jason. 
I think that I think the thing about Jason Garrett is one, take him as a Cowboys fan. You can have him. The, I think the positives out of it though that you have to take, and I know it sounds a little crazy to say positive Jason Garrett, like what really? <laughs> but he's not a head coach anymore, so it's not his show. He no, is going to yeah. be someone taking. He's yes, he he's going to be calling the plays. He's got a similar situation. The offensive line is atrocious, so hopefully he'll figure something out. They'll figure something out with that. I mean, that's just an organization thing. He still has he still has like a Saquon Zeke. He's not he's not skipping a beat. You know, Daniel Jones. He's got a young guy to work with. Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Evan Ingram. He still has a lot of talent on the offense. He's been on the Cowboys since I don't know since I've been wearing diapers. It feels like two thousand six. Holy crap! No, it's too long. It's too long. <laughs> He's played in that division for so long. He knows how to play the Cowboys. He knows how to play the Eagles. He knows how to play the Giants and the Redskins. So I think having him within the NFC East is actually a ben- beneficial for the Giants to play, to know how to play, because you play these guys twice a season. Yeah, I think I so, think the Garrett hire was a lot to the fact that when they play the Cowboys, they get an advantage. Over, exactly. Yeah, you know, I think that's he's been around. Hard. He knows how to play them. But, yes. Yeah, so, and I think the Joe Judge is very interesting. There's got – it says a lot about a guy who was a special teams coordinator getting hired as a head coach, which yeah. is great. I mean, it says a lot about him. Maybe he wowed him in the interview. Obviously he did. They hired him, but Belichick, I also heard did um, endorse him as well, which oh, yeah. definitely goes a long way. Yeah. And Saban. So I'm actually excited for the giants. I think this is hopefully good things for them to come in the future. They just, I mean, they, they literally are like, they're like, they're starting over. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I am on the fence about all of them. No offense. Uh, <laughs> no. Yeah, no I know. I, I found uh, a fence. Uh, I, put way to, uh, I found a way to put fence in both of those. Um, I, it's, it's all over the place because I have nothing to, to compare against because Joe Judge has never had any head coaching or offensive coordinator experience. So it's hard to say what kind of scheme he's going to run, what kind of, you know, play calling he's going to enact, whether it's with Garrett or himself. So it's hard to make those assumptions, but based on the fact that he worked for Belichick is a, you know, decent enough sign. Granted, Belichick is a defensive minded coach, so it's not easily comparable, but Garrett is a believer in a strong offensive line and running the ball as much as possible. So, which fine. However, you need to improve the offensive line, which would not surprise me if the Giants, even as bad as that defense has been, it would not surprise me if the Giants invested another top round pick in an offensive line. Yes. Um, but my interesting thing comes with Freddie Kitchens because Freddie Kitchens really broke in, into the NFL in his more recent uh, coaching experiences as a tight ends coach. And that says a lot to me about what they're hoping to get out of Evan Ingram. Because Evan Ingram, we've seen his talents. We've seen he's, what he's capable of. However, when healthy. When healthy, right. Well, true. But I think this could, a hire like this could potentially bring him to that next level even further. Um, I love Evan Ingram. I think if he stays on the field, he's a, you know, a top five tight end. And I think the Freddie Kitchens one might just be, because Freddie Kitchens doesn't have a ton of experience, obviously, when it comes to like head coaching or offensive coordinator, Clearly. but it's all about how he works with certain positions and the tight end happens to be one of them. So I think that is a good hire. I think Garrett wants to focus on running the rock. And I think that Kitchens is going to want to work with the tight end. So I think in general, it can work. I'm just, I'm waiting to see after year one, what it looks like. And it's funny you say that about tight ends because Cleveland didn't – they might as well have not even had any tight ends. Like, they didn't, they didn't use them at all. And Joe, I mean, so, granted, Njoku wasn't really healthy. They, but. Exactly. But it, it, it's going to be very interesting because this is his main focus. His main focus is tight ends. So are they going to try to 
you know, emphasize Evan Ingram, which they hopefully should. Moving to your team, brother, sticking in the terrible dumpster fire that is also the NFC East. Jason Garrett out, obviously. I was hoping you would keep him because everyone in the NFL is probably hoping that we would keep him. The Giants might accidentally hire him, I thought. And that's exactly what happened. So that's too late, obviously. Mike McCarthy comes in and he keeps Kellen Moore entrenched as the offensive coordinator and play caller, which means he's going to have more of a CEO type role, which I think personally is actually very good for him and for the team, which is unbiased speak. So here are a couple quick stats for you guys before I turn it over. So he obviously had the offense buzzing in his first season in the role. They were first in total yards, second in passing yards per game, fifth in rushing yards per game, and sixth in points per game. I think it was a smart move to keep Kellen Moore in there. He can only learn and grow from that, right, with the experience from Mike McCarthy. But Jerry Jones still owns the team. What do you guys think? I mean, that's, that's, the, that's it right there. Jerry Jones still owns the team. It's not a sexy, you know, like off-season transaction acquisition in Mike McCarthy. I was actually, I really wanted Urban Meyer, to be honest. I thought that that actually would have been a good one. I think that Jerry may have, you know, given him, it, it was, it wasn't the talks. Yeah. I saw your face, brother. Um, Urban Meyer. I mean, he's that, Ohio State, dude. What do you, what I do you understand do? that, but he's a smart the guy's a smart coach. I mean, yeah. he won two national title, different teams, you know, two kind different of a jerk, though. complete organizations, but I'm actually really excited for this Mike McCarthy I think keeping Kelly Moore, like you just said, it wasn't the offense. It was the defense last year that actually was not good for the Cowboys because their offense was absolutely incredible. Dak finished what? The number two quarterback, I believe, in fantasy. They were the number uh, one offense when it came to yards per game in the NFL last season. So, oh, 400, so 430 yards, I think, per game total. So, Mike McCarthy. You're welcome. You're welcome. And I think Mike McCarthy has a little bit more experience and he has more on his resume. Resume. Uh, than Jason Garrett. He's won a Super Bowl, four straight N- NFC North titles, five out of six years, 12. Uh, what do we got here? NFC, yes. And then five out of six years, he's won the NFC North. 12 seasons in total, eight seasons of 10 plus wins. Clearly knows what he's doing. He's, and he has the talent. He's not, he's not going to be talentless with the players he has in, in, uh, in Dallas right now. He's got Zeke. Ryan Grant, I was looking this up, actually, because I didn't think he actually had any running backs that were over 1,000, but Ryan Grant. He had four. Yeah, he had a bunch over 1,000. Four seasons. Um, multiple wide receivers wow. over 1,000 yards with Donald Driver, Greg Jennings. Okay, but yeah. it's also important to note he had Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. There's I understand <laughs> that, but Dak, Dak is not them. He's not. But Dak is a good quarterback. He had his best, best year of his career this year. Yes, and I don't disagree with that. And I Michael think, Gallup, Amari Cooper. I mean, hopefully they use Blake Jarwin. I'm actually yeah, they have praying. to sign Amari Cooper, by the way. He still has, <laughs> he's got Randall Cobb. He's got a familiar face in Randall Cobb. I think it's a good pick because McCarthy has been around and he's done it year out, like year after year. I think he only had two seasons below 500. Um, yeah, I I like the McCarthy one. I thought that was the smartest. Um, pick for I just surprised actually went to the Cowboys. I was not expecting him go to go to the Cowboys. I actually wasn't expecting him. I thought the Cowboys would really make a really big effort to go after Matt Rule. Um, Mm. So I was very surprised by that because the Cowboys want something new and fun and you know different type of up uh, you know fast paced offense. However, um, I was deep like I dove a little deep into Mike McCarthy's background and history. He's like a Bill Walsh disciple. Um, He's very much that West Coast offense which relies a lot on short completions which for this offense could be absolutely perfect. 
Like it really could. You have Amari Cooper if they resign him, hopefully, um, you stretch the field. But then you have the likes of Randall Cobb across the middle. You have the likes of um, Michael Gallup who can stretch the field. You have Ezekiel Elliott, who's a really good pass-catching running back. So I thought, in a way, this kind of made sense. You had a lot of good pieces at the receiving position. But the running strategy also kind of stuck out to me, is that at five out of 13 years, he had a running back with 240 carries. Only five. It kind of goes with what the Cowboys even did this past year, is the fact that Zeke had the least amount of rushing attempts he's ever had this past yeah. season. But he still had a well over. He had a great year. He finished top number three overall in fantasy. Yeah. But I just thought it was very interesting that they're, they hired a guy who really doesn't run the ball a ton. We used to say that a lot about Green Bay. Green Bay doesn't run the ball that much. When under Mike McCarthy, they just didn't run the ball a lot. Um, and I think, I think it's a good hire. I think this helps the Cowboys. Sorry. I think this helps the Cowboys win the NFC East next year. Um, but it's going to be – he's under a lot of pressure in Dallas. It's not an easy environment. It's a very, very poisoned environment with Jerry Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's a good impact for the offense, or one that was the best in the league last year. So I thought it was a good hire. It's, it should be very interesting. Um, and I, they do have, I think, the 17th pick this year. And we talked about it. It's, it's not the offense. It's that defense. I think the defense is the thing that's holding them back. They cleaned house. I got rid of everyone, and I freaking love it. Rob Marinelli and uh, Chris Richard, who was supposed to be a potential Giants uh, head coach. That didn't work out, clearly. And instead, he got fired. Yeah. <laughs> like, what a change of events. So, I mean, that defense was not good last year, and I've been saying it. Before I even looked at any mock drafts, they need that safety from LSU. Whatever the hell his name is. Del Pitt, I believe. Kid's solid. Best safety in the draft, in my opinion. Simmons. They're, I mean, everyone on LSU is ridiculous. They're all NFL ready. But that's the thing that I'm, I'm really, really honing on this year for the Cowboys is, is the defense. But I do like McCarthy. I'm interested to also see how Jerry Jones handles himself with a new coach like this. Yeah, whatever, dudes. Moving on to the Redskins. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, Jay Gruden's out. Ron Rivera is in. A very defensive-minded coach, I think, right away you can say that the team will definitely play much harder. They'll be a much more physical team, a much smarter team. But his background, like I said, is in defense. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it appears they promoted quarterback coach Matt Cavanaugh to offensive coordinator. There is a lot of talent to work with. Young quarterback in Dwayne Haskins, Scary Terry, Darius Geis, and potentially Bryce Love coming back. I mean, I... I don't really have much to say about this, honestly. I wouldn't be upset if the team does terrible, but they're all Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh? I I also disagree. They don't have a lot of talent. Um, Are they going to get kicked out of DC? Like, are they going to get kicked out of the nation's capital? First off, first of all, they need to change their name. Um, And second of all, I don't, they just don't have a lot of talent. Like, Scary Terry is one of the most underrated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, great. You name two play. One of them's injury. One of them has injury history, and the other one's a wide receiver that can't throw himself the ball. So, I, I just I think Dwayne Haskins. This will be a season. Like I know you have to give a quarterback three years. Um, to depending kind of, depending you know, on who they the are, part, for the most part, it's like a tight end. Tell that to Mahomes. Tell that to Mahomes. Well, I know. Well, his was technically two years, but um, I think he needs to give him time. However, it's all going to go on how Dwayne Haskins plays. And if he becomes a franchise quarterback, then sure, this will look great. But for those who have reservations, like myself, I think this could be another 3-13 and 13 type of year. 
And they could be looking at the number one pick next year. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Potential. And, yeah, I just – They could be getting Lawrence. Like, it's either we'll see if Haskins performs well, and then they could be maybe even drafting Lawrence next year. Chase, Chase Young this year. <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh... they, need, they, need some, they need a lot of help because here's the thing. That doesn't make you, me feel good. They're probably not going to draft another running back, but they got to pick someone up in free agency, right? Because Darius Geis, the guy can't stay healthy, clearly. And, I mean, Bryce Love, okay, for them, hopefully he does come back. We don't know what the guy has. We don't know. We don't know what what he can do. He hasn't played yet. So, and it's oh, the Redskins. Exactly. Exactly. We yeah. don't. We don't need Kirk on it for no reason. Yeah. You know? Next. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. What's the yeah. time? time. We are, are we out of the yeah. NFC East now? Yes. Yeah. Is there another coaching change not in the NFC East? <laughs> uh, well, here's how I'm going to introduce this one. I'm going to list some stats for you guys, and then you can tell me who the player is. Ooh. And if you don't know. You have nothing to worry about because I do. Now you know. Wow, that's a great intro. Because I did this. <laughs> okay, so hmm, I was fourth in the league in completion percentage last year. I also threw the most play-action touchdown passes with 13. And personally, I set career bests in touchdown percentage, interception percentage, QB rating, and adjusted air yards per attempt. What a, what a stat. What a plethora of stats. Yeah, I still don't even know what that stat is. Nor do I, <laughs> I hate some of these next-gen stats. They just make no sense. They're amazing. Anyway, they make, they, I they, can they, give you another, another hint, which will, will help please, me. I please. just won my first playoff game. Yeah, it's Kirk Cousins. It is. Yeah, I knew it from the beginning. It had to have been Kirk Cousins. Because no, they use so much, there. they use so much play action in Minnesota this year. Um, well, they ran the ball a lot too. They when they didn't run it, they ran play action. That's literally all they ran. Um, so yeah, that was thank you. I, that that's where I, that's when I got I gave it away. Was the was the play action? Yeah, good call, good call. Yeah, no, no problem. Because I was good I was call, digging call. For this one, obviously because I'm 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 excited about this one. Honestly, he was the runner up last year to getting the head coach. Lost out to Freddie Kitchens, Kevin Stefanski. Minnesota's former offensive coordinator. Like you were saying, I think this is incredible news for Browns fans, Baker Mayfield, and Nick Chubb. As offensive coordinator of the Vikings, they ran the ball fifth most in the league. They finished sixth in rushing yards per game. And like we stated with all of Kirk Cousins' statistics, that was his most efficient year ever. So like you said, Kyle, establish the run, which sets up play action. And I think the Browns' offense minus a future offensive line, which obviously is going to be, be a priority focus in the offseason – they have a very, very similar talent pool, which could translate using the same type of type of philosophy. They have Nick Chubb, they have Odell Beckham, Landry, Baker Mayfield. Last season, are you ready for this? He was second to last in completion percentage and passer rating last season. Yikes. Is that good? So, so I guess he couldn't good? get any worse or he could. Did I, did I break it? He I mean, yeah, if he was going to go, if he was going to go to a situation, like, look, I, I remember a similar like, situation. It was like, I think it was like middle of August. We did our favorite, you know, bold predictions and bold things. And I said that the Vikings have a chance to finish as the best offense in football um, under Stefanski top. You know, I said, Dalvin Cook's going to be a top five running back. I said, Stefan did well, Adam Thielen, that one was disappointing, whatever. Um, but I did, I was saying that Kirk Cousins was going to finish as a quarter top, top 12 quarterback. Stefanski brings out the best in these players. He runs a lot of play action. He runs the ball a ton. And Cleveland has some of the best talent pool in the NFL. Two-star receivers. Both of them are disgruntled people, which we'll get to. Um, a top-tier a top tight end, in my opinion, in David Njoku. I do think he's a good tight end. And Nick Chubb. 
like I, he's walking into a great situation where I think that he's going to give be given the free reins to do whatever he wants for that offense, and they're going to win under him. Kitchens had no experience. Um, all he had was one year of offensive coordinator um, for the Cleveland Browns. And I think Stefanski walks into a pretty good situation. Baker needs all the help he can get. Number five in rushing. No, number six in rushing. Yeah, I just – I think, I think Baker could run the play action better than anybody. I do. I think he could run a really great play action. So He's still young, still talented. I think Nick Chubb actually goes into a top ten pick, like arguably probably even top eight. Oh, he's top I would five. say if I have to look at – it's this, this is a very – I totally agree with you guys. I mean, I was actually looking a little bit into him as well. And when he was given the Vikings quarterback coaching job back in 2017, you know who the quarterback was? Casey Keenum. Yeah, and he was, un, and he was unbelievable. And he was unbelievable. Yeah, Casey Keenum. They were the 10th highest scoring offense after he took over because obviously because of the – he had to make up for all of the badness that was happening before that. Oh, but yeah. Casey Keenum finished with 22 touchdowns and seven interceptions. Like that's a good season for him. Like Baker Mayfield could have a very similar one, very like ratio wise, but over 30 touchdowns, maybe even 10, 10 interceptions, a little close to it. And it's, it's all dependent on the coach because coaching is huge. Minnesota had those same exact players under John DeFilippo, who was supposed to be this next great coach. And it was terrible. They had the same exact players, and the offense looked anemic. And somehow you put in Stefanski, and now they're a top five, top six offense. That's why the head coaching, when it comes to fantasy, when it comes to real-life NFL, head coaches, and especially offensive coordinators, they matter. The the offensive schemes they run matter. How much they like to run the ball, uh, how much they love to run play action or run pass option or whatever it is, it matters. So – Another perfect example of that would be, and I, I actually, I like him as a head coach, uh, Jeff Fisher, when he was coaching the Rams. Oh, Left the next year, Sean McVay comes in and absolutely, completely flips the Rams. Around. Same team. Like it was same exactly team. the same team. Same team. And That's he's just, just yeah. Jared Goff was an all-star. Todd Gurley, you know, like you, it was. You introduced that so poorly yeah, that oh, I man. thought you were saying Ooh. Jeff Fisher was a good head coach. I was so confused. Sean McVay is a good head coach. There, okay. Yeah, and then he <laughs> leaves. Out for a couple extra then, seconds there, folks. Come on. Yeah. I was so mm-hmm. confused. Jeff can't, Fisher, just get, can't just give you the answer. Come on. Yeah, Jeff Fisher is one of the most averagely bad <laughs> coaches ever. He made eight, it eight. To, he made if it you to want an 8-8 eight eight team, he's your guy. He made it to a Super Bowl. Jason Garrett. Eight. Never mind. Sorry. Yeah, no. All right, guys. All right. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Let's move to another. Carolina. So billionaire businessman and former minority owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Dave Tepper, snagged his dude in Matt Rule, former program builder at Temple and Baylor. So, all right, let's get this straight. All he did was hand him a seven-year deal worth $60 million that, with incentives, can be as worth as much as $70 million. Incentives aside, he's already the fifth highest paid coach in the league at $8.5 million a season. Wow. Sliding in right behind... Yeah, this is crazy. Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, John Gruden, and Sean Payton, and they all won Super Bowls. Pure madness. This is where it gets interesting. And I'm not saying I don't like the hire. I actually really do like the hire. He just got paid a ton of money. They hired the former passing game coordinator from the national champion LSU Tigers to run the offense. He's only 30 years old. This will be his first opportunity. Joe Brady was the youngest offensive coordinator in the league. These are college football stats, mind you, but they're still phenomenal. The Tigers were second in passing yards per game this year and easily had the most passing touchdowns with 61. Second was 50. 
That's 11 <laughs> touchdowns away. That I know they played an extra game or two, but let's be honest. The, the, I mean, what do you guys think of this one? My point I was going to make is that he had Joe Burrow as his quarterback, who probably had – LSU probably had the best season ever in college football history. But if you look at everything, like they absolutely dominated. There wasn't even close and nobody was even close. The thing that really bothers me about this Matt rule is the guys had a couple good seasons in college. He has one year in the NFL and he was the assistant offensive line coach for the giants. Yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Talk a lot about the giants. He has, I mean, Temple, he turned the program around two 10 win seasons. Okay. Went to Baylor, 1-11 his first year. That's awesome. 7-6 and six the next, 11-3, and three, and then ended up losing the Sugar Bowl to Georgia. So clearly if you give him a little bit of time, he's going to make some things happen. He doesn't really like using the running backs, it looked like. Obviously, Big 12 is very pass heavy. I mean, they don't really run the ball. But then again, he also didn't have CMC. Now he has CMC. He's no, but he does, he does like to control the game. With yes, the yes, he does, yes. Yeah. But so, CMC, yeah. I mean, he has CMC now. Yeah, everything goes out the window when it comes to, to it's him. Exactly. Like, you're a good coach. You should – you work with what you have. You know what I mean? You're not going to waste that talent. You figure it out. Yeah, I – He got paid so much damn I money. I, like, that is the one thing that – Has to be – What? 60? Are you kidding me? He's basically paid as the GM, the coach, the, everything, the advisors to anybody, you know. Are, are, they, are they in the same fraternity? Like, the owner and him? Like, this is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Dave, Dave Tepper is quite quite rich, but <laughs> it's possible. I just I think it's a wonderful hire. I mean, it might have been one of my favorite. I know, oh, um, it, it might have been one of my favorite hires I could have ever like seen. I think it's a perfect case scenario for him because here's my bold prediction and my bold thought: is if Cam Newton comes back healthy and they keep him with Matt Rule, this is and Cam Newton together, this is a 12 win team. He's going to run the, the, the run-pass offense like nobody else. I mean, if Cam Newton is healthy, we're looking at a scenario where he's just going to give Cam the option. Go for it. You want to run the ball? You want to you uh, you know, flip it to, to Christian McCaffrey? You want to throw it? It's all in your hands. I think he's going to give him the ability to be a top-five quarterback again. And I know everybody out there is going to say Cam is done. You know, he's finished. He might be done in Carolina. But I think this is a perfect head coach for Cam Newton. I mean, this is a team – Matt Rule wants to go for it on fourth down every chance he gets. I mean, he's a guy who's going to put the – you know, one running back and four wide receiver sets or the one running back and three wide receiver sets and the tight end who might be blocking. He, he is focused solely on either airing it out or running that run-pass offense. So I think this is a perfect hire, and I think if Cam Newton is healthy and Cam Newton is their quarterback, Cam Newton finishes as a top six, top eight quarterback. That bold. is very bold. I know, it's very bold. No, and it's – it's bold cotton. I just hope I just hope he gets his shoulder fixed because it pains me to watch. Yeah, his health matters. His health matters more. But we I, people are saying they're already saying Cam Newton's done. It's just the end of Cam Newton. And I just complete. This is just a lot of money. No, this we is just, just a know. lot of money for a coach that has no experience in college and didn't even like. Not he's not, like had, Ed, he's not like an Ed Ogeron or anything like right I think now. Like I think Temple didn't have a winning season until like and since like 1970. No, I know, but that's what I like, said. You give him yeah. enough time, it looks like he can. And, and, he's and he got, came he's, into Baylor right after that disaster. Exactly. Yeah, terrible situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you're giving him Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore. I mean, Curtis Ian Samuel. Ian Thomas, Curtis Samuel, Cam the defense, The defense needs to be worked on and, you know, the offensive line. However, I really think this is a great case scenario for him. Yeah, it's, uh, it's exciting on paper for sure. 
he doesn't get to recruit necessarily like he did, but I'm sure he's going to be involved in the draft process. So we'll see what happens. Touch base on a couple quick offensive coordinator type changes, you could say, because the first one here is the Chicago Bears, and they cleared house on the offensive side of the ball, essentially firing everyone except for head coach and play caller Matt Nagy. The hires, like you were saying, John D. Filippo before they brought him in to help with Mitchell Trubisky. They also brought in Bill Laser, who used to work on the Bengals. So, I mean, it's, I, it's, it's basically just a room to brainstorm with Matt Nagy because he's still going to be calling the plays. And the thing is, is Bill Lazor has never succeeded as an offensive coordinator. He has <laughs> never had a team finish better. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Once in his career has he had an offense finish better than 26th in the league. So he's got a cool last name. Cool, great, great. <laughs> but he has coached Amazing. some really bad offenses, and I don't get that higher. I really don't understand it. Nagy is playing for his life, and this is not a home run. He's clawing. So I don't think he lasts the season. Remember, you can find us at thefantasyfam.com or on Twitter at thefantasyfam. We're on most podcast platforms, including iHeartRadio. This is the Fantasy Fam signing off. 